Hi, and welcome to episode 101 of No Crying in Baseball, the Cleveland Rocks episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. 101 kind of sounds like a fever. Don't it's you also think? a very famous Cleveland radio station. Is it? Which pre-digital age was um, was 101. Now it's 100.7 WMMS, the home of the buzzard. I kid you not. This is what I grew up on. Excellent. So we round up and we're at 101. We're at which 101. Makes makes sense because it's celebrating. We're celebrating our triple digit uh, episodes now that we're going into and there's other celebrations going on. Actually, you know what? Before I go there, I wanted to just like tip my hat to the Grand Poobah. That would be you like, pulling <laughs> off the Tacoma Park Beer Fest yesterday. Yes, the two of us are recording after having spent a very long time drinking beer yesterday. I think I drank more than you did. Yeah, I was on duty for a lot of that time, a way more of that time than than is ideal for being at a beer fest. But it was good. It was great. It was a fun party. Tacoma Park came out to support local grant making. And I'm happy and sleepy. I'm a couple of the dwarfs. Yeah. I, <laughs> we need Doc. Where's Doc? I'm a little dopey. But yeah, yes, Doc should be on call for sure. Yeah. <laughs> as long as we're not at the grumpy stage. Right? No, no grumpy. No grumpy. No grumpy. No. It was so much fun. And and I was on duty a little bit, but I was pouring beer. So I was close to the beer, which was a really <laughs> good place to be with lots of good beer. More celebratory stuff. I I want to, once again, maybe apologize just a little bit to CeCe Sabathia and all the shit that I've given him over the years because he just has been looking rough around the edges and still pitching incredibly well. And he's a Yankee, so I, I hold that against him. But, you know, the more <laughs> that I find out, the more really he is a good guy. And everybody's got a fandom, and the Yankees love him. And so today was his... End of his regular season pitching, I believe. I don't know what kind of role he's going to do in the postseason, but he got to do a little speech before the game today. So congratulations, CeCe. There was a big party for him this week, but more on that later. Along the lines of the Cleveland theme, he did also pitch for Cleveland. So there's that. I'm saying Cleveland a lot today. On today's show, we've got one week left in the season, which means there are a lot of players chasing historic numbers, and we're going to tell you what to watch out for. Along those lines, there's a couple of division races that are still not decided, and all the wild card spots are kind of up for grabs. We'll talk about that a little bit. There are so many assholes right now in the world of baseball, and one is actually so far gone, it's making the No Crying in Baseball team reconsider its stance on no hitting. Mike and Carl Yastrzemski have a moment, have a wonderful moment at Fenway Park. And we're going to go cross-training with the Scottish Hammer of the Cleveland Browns. Fun with Cleveland. Jose Ramirez, my current boyfriend, you may remember, was out with the hamate injury. And we said it could be the end of the season. It could be October 1st. It could be back for the postseason. If Cleveland makes it, fingers crossed, on this side of the table, he may start today. Y'all will wow. know before we will, because we're recording before Cleveland plays tonight, that he may already have been back. He took a bunch of pitches yesterday. He looked good. Um, quick recovery. That's under four weeks. So does that mean he becomes a superhero now? Because you've, you've told me before that this handmate is the appendix of the hand. hand. Right. Am, I, am I correct Yep, here? that is correct. So it's something that apparently you don't really need, and you don't know it until it's a problem. And then when you get it taken out... You become Giancarlo Stanton with the home runs. Far out. So is that, yeah. I mean, Ramirez was doing well enough before this. He was. So we're hoping for... I, well, you know, as a Cleveland fan, I'm hoping for a superhero status, but the handmate giveth and the handmate taketh away <laughs> because Cleveland second baseman Jason Kipnis went out with a broken hamate earlier this week. And he's definitely done for the season because we're out of season. And this is also his walk year. So he may have finished his career with Cleveland 
on a broken appendix of the hand. Ouch. Yeah, he's a big fan favorite. So sorry, Jason. Um, best wishes to you. To bring the mood up a little bit, I had a happy moment this week with baseball. Things were so crazy busy this week, and I actually didn't watch that much actual playing, but I did catch Mike Yastrzemski coming to Fenway Park for the first time. So Mike is the grandson of Carl Yastrzemski, the idol of my youth, who I spent a lot of time watching in the outfield when I was a kiddo with my dad. Is he your first baseball boyfriend? He was not. Carl okay. Fisk. Carl oh, Fisk was. Right, right, but right. it was okay. the same team. Yep. And yeah, you know, even then though, because I was watching on his older years. So he was yeah. he was kind of like, and I was a young kid. He was the yeah. older guy around there. Um, but he came back to see his grandson. And the cool thing, actually, speaking of this like father-son, grandson, grandfather relationship stuff, that I brought my dad to see Mike Yastrzemski when he was with the Bowie Bay Sox. And that was a few years ago. And I have that autograph somewhere. And before this podcast drops, I think <laughs> I will try to find it and take a photo as proof and post it somewhere on the it, interweb it, stuff. It needs to be in the No Crying in Baseball Museum. It sure does. Yeah. Yeah. And we are accumulating stuff for that. We've got like two things now. Absolutely. That's <laughs> really and good. More, more on the way. Tell me more about the Giants at Fenway Park and so, Mike Yastrzemski. More on that. The First night, Grandpa didn't go Tuesday night. I think he was nervous, oh, which is, oh, yeah. so sweet. Super touching. Yeah. And the, the crowd at Fenway, which blew me away, gave a standing ovation to Mike when he was lead off. So he comes up. Oh. The crowd, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen that. When would that ever have happened to give a standing O to the leadoff hitter of the opposing team? Wow. No, no. Unless it was a former Red Sox coming back who left not on their choice. But I don't know. Yeah, right, That's, right. Maybe something like that. But it would have to be like that specific. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah, and just that the beloved name. So amazing. And oh. they applauded when he got a home run. And the Giants won that game and the next one too. So it was super special about the next game, not so much the blowout against the Red Sox, which made me sad. But the happy part was Carl Yastrzemski coming and throwing out the first pitch. And here's another like you don't see this happen. So Yastrzemski, the, the, the older, the elder, was throwing out the pitch in a Red Sox uniform. I remember to say it this time. I said outfit when I was telling Patty the story, and she corrected me that they wear uniforms. He was wearing his Red Sox uniform. <laughs> nice outfit. And he threw it to his grandson. So the opposing team oh. caught it. Oh my gosh! Does that I like? I would love to see. Are there stats for that kind of thing? And uh, equals one. The stat equals one. I betcha. And I think there, there's more stats that we're going to get into here too. So he did well again, though. He got two runs Wednesday, Mike. That is, and a hit. Thursday he was not in the lineup, and the Giants did not win. So huh? I'm wondering they did bring him in to pinch hit in the ninth, and he did get a run, but it was tight. It was five to four, so it wasn't quite enough to knock the Giants over the top. And why am I rooting for the Giants anyway? I, I do root a lot for the Yastrzemski thing, and and Mike is from Massachusetts, so beyond being the grandson of the famous Carl Yastrzemski. He's also from my home state, and he was born in Andover, which is the town right next to my dad. He went to St. John's Prep, and I dated a guy from St. John's Prep. Wait, wait, hold the phone. Yeah. <laughs> there was somebody before Mr. Potty Mouth? Yeah, it was just, it was a fly-by-night kind of thing. Okay, it was yeah. a blip. It was yeah. a blip, okay. Actually, he did, I did go to the junior prom with him, so maybe it was more than a blip. Oh. But, Aww. yeah. But he was not a baseball player. He was a punk. And he went to St. John's Prep, lovely school. And when Mike Yastrzemski was there, who taught him how to play baseball when he was on the baseball team 
but his grandfather. I didn't realize that his father, Carl Jr., died young at age of 43. So I'm not quite sure how old Mike was at that time, but it makes sense that he would have this strong connection to his grandpa. And there's this... um, uh, what do you call those photo things? The side by side. Yeah. Yeah. Side by side video. That's it. That's it. Side uh-huh. by side I'm video of the two of them with their with their <laughs> swings, and it's crazy how identical their swing is. It's really beautiful. So there's that. Oh, the other stat: they are the 21st grandfather grandson team to have played in Major League Baseball, meaning that both the grandfather and the grandson had played in the majors. I didn't realize there were that many. Do we know if that means the dad did not play and it was just the grandfather, grandson? Unknown. And okay. In this so it case, could be includes like it could be all three of them playing. Right, right. Uh. And I know that Carl Jr. played, but I don't think he made it to the majors. I think he was still in the minors. So in this case, in this particular group of 21, that is the one requirement. There might be subgroups of this group when you get into your statistics. Another interesting member of this group, though, is Aaron fucking Boone, actually. He and his grandfather also both played. And the other uh what was Ray's middle name? <laughs> you know, maybe it was maybe it was a little nicer than fucking ducking. He he, he got the autocorrect. The autocorrect from your phone. Yeah. And uh and both uh Aaron F. Boone and Ray Boone and the two Yastremskis have tw- a season with 20 home runs. And I guess that's like a unique thing. There's only three of that subset of 21. So many statistics. Where are we going? But you know what? Orioles, what were you doing sitting on this guy for seven years? They were making him what he is today. So you should be grateful to the Orioles for building him into the fantastic ball player he is now. I should be. And you should and be. You know, but you're not because you hate the O's. Oh, well, well <laughs> it depends on the year, the, the phase of the moon, the time of day. When I went to see him, I mean, Bowie, I actually have enjoyed quite a bit. Um, and, you know, as a Red Sox fan, of course, everybody wants Yastrzemski to be a Red Sox. Sure. And he actually got originally drafted by the Red Sox in 09. But being a smart guy, he turned it down, went to college, went to Vanderbilt. Good for him. And then went That's into the, the right O system. So that is the right thing, even if it makes me just a little sad. But I, I am going to do my homework. I'm going to go look for that autograph right after we close this show, I think. With one week left in the season. Oh, my God. I can't believe it's only one week left in the regular season. That's Uh crazy. That makes me sad. There are a bunch of people that are pretty close to setting interesting records. So we need to pay attention and root for them because these are all really great records to have. One of them is Ronald Acuna Jr., my current boyfriend from Atlanta. A few weeks ago, uh, Christian Yelich was the 10th player in Major League Baseball history to have a 40-30 season, 40 home runs, 30 stolen bases. And then Acuna Jr. followed that up pretty quickly with his 40-30. So he's got, right now, before he, before he plays today, he has 41 home runs and 37 stolen bases, which means he needs three more bases to get to a 40-40. But here's the rub. Because Atlanta has made the playoffs their manager is like, well, maybe we should rest some guys so they're in, you know, they're ready to go for the playoffs because we have clinched. We are already in the playoffs. And that means that Acuna Jr. is sitting out today. And if he plays all the rest of the games, he'll only have five more games to get his last three steals to make a 40-40 season. What a tough decision and balance to make. You know, if somebody is getting that to that close of a personal record, but the good of the team to get into the postseason... That's it. Yeah, the manager says he's completely aware of this record that he's chasing, but it is a, a good of the team. Like he he rested a bunch of guys yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think today, um, Donaldson and Acuna Jr. are resting, so it's not that unusual. But oh my god, if I was Ouch. Acuna Jr., I'd be arguing. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Another guy to watch, um, the polar bear Pete Alonso hit his 50th home run in his rookie year for the Mets, which set the National League rookie home run record. The record he's chasing is the Major League record for rookies, which right now is held by Aaron Judge at 52. That's not out of the question. Pete Alonso could certainly hit two or three more out of the park in this last week. And, you know, interestingly, the parallel, was that the year that Aaron Judge won the Home, home Run Derby? My, I don't know if he did, did it as a rookie. I don't remember if, yeah, that, was a, if that was a rookie year, then it would have been his. So, huh? There, there's maybe a stat right there. And if he maintains, right now he's first place in the whole league with home runs, which is interesting because now Yelich is out. Bellinger has dropped back a little bit. He's not hitting at quite the same pace. If he holds that title, he'll be the first rookie since Mark McGuire to have the home run title as a rookie like of, the, of the whole league wow. while he's a rookie. The guy in second place behind uh, Pete Alonso is also kind of a surprise. Um, Eugenio Suarez, my boyfriend from the Reds, kind of came out of nowhere to kind of jump over Bellinger and those guys. And he's got 48. So he's pretty close to Pete Alonso right now. He is having a really good second half. Remember last year, Christian Yelich didn't have a very good first half, had a great second half, ended up being MVP. Suarez's slugging percentage rivals last year's um, Christian Yelich MVP slugging percentage. So he's all of a sudden that good after a slow start. So a couple of observations. First, I'm wondering what happened to Bellinger. And I'm thinking either it's because that yelly belly thing just ma- matches so well and it's just rhymes with that Aww. without the yelly, there's no belly. Aww. Could that be it? The other thing is that you want a t-shirt. Yeah, a yelly yeah. belly t-shirt? Yeah. Yes. Sad, sad belly with no yelly. Um, The other thing might be your impeccable taste in boyfriends. So these are the guys that we have each chosen separately. We have to have different boyfriends because that's the way this goes. We pick them in the off season for something special beyond the field. But you have this knack of also picking guys who actually perform on the field. See Yelich, see Acuna, and see Suarez, who's nobody was talking about except for maybe you. And now he's out there, and he not only is chasing that home run record, but he's already set one because he passed Andres Gallarga, who was the Venezuelan with a home, with like most home runs by a Venezuelan player that he set way back in '96 in the MLB. In the MLB, right there, you go. Yeah, this league Venezuelan player. Old record. He was a, I think it was on the Rockies when he when he said it, and he was an Expos player before that, and he actually recorded a personal congrats for breaking my record. Oh, fantastic! To Suarez, which is super cool. The other super cool thing that we will definitely post, or I will try to remember to post a link to, is uh, the Twitter feed that has the entire Reds team attempting to sing the Venezuelan anthem in honor of Suarez. Some of them sing a little bit better than others. And some of them probably know the words a little bit better mm-hmm. than others as well. My baseball picking skills sometimes peaks too early. Last year, Nick Castellanos of the Tigers at the time, he was my Detroit boyfriend, moved over to the Cubs partway through the season this year and his is tearing it up. He has hit 58 doubles so far this year. There has been no season in which somebody has hit 60 or more doubles since 1936. He is doubling all the time. I think he's going to get this. I think he's going to catch this in this last week. So yay, kind of. 
but we're talking wild card of the National League, and I don't want the Cubs, like, it's hard to root for anything Cubby right now as a Nats fan. So ideally, he will hit them with nobody on base. Okay. And not in a walk-off situation, and um, then we'll be happy with that, Mm -hmm. because that's a cool stat. We like cool stats. We don't like assholes. Nope. There have been so many. I'm just sick of this, though. Are you sick of this? I'm sick of this. and But I think it's really important that we talk about it right. because this stuff needs exposure. It needs a light shine that shined on it, shined on it. Yeah. And Patty Mouse here to do that. I, I'm going to try. And, you know, I knew you were going to say that because I was just like, fuck it. I don't want to talk about another asshole being an abuser. And and then these two came out pretty much right after our last recording. And the first is Domingo Germán, who's a Yankees ace pitcher. He is the Yankees solid ace pitcher of this year. He actually had a kind of crappy year last year. But this year he's 18 and four. Yankees are super depending on him. Well, not anymore. And the, the recent news is that he is probably out for the whole season, even though that's not official at the time of this recording. There have been some reports that that's what's coming, which is interesting because there's no police report behind this. Well, behind what? What happened? He allegedly slapped his girlfriend. Um, The timing and the location on this have gone back and forth in what I've seen over the past few days. The first thing that I saw was sort of Twitter chatter about it actually happening at the party to say goodbye to CeCe Sabathia, which I guess was super late Monday night into Tuesday morning. And uh, there was one New York baseball writer, Bob Clappich. Clappich? Can you help? Nope. (laughs) Nope. Sure can't. Oh, well. There's that name. He tweeted that he allegedly slapped his wife during an argument late Monday, early Tuesday in a public place and in front of a commissioner's office official. So So by commissioner, you mean like Rob Manfred's office yeah. like somebody who's tied into the league okay which would make sense if it were at cc's party right, right? Sure, that sure there would. must have been somebody from the league on, around there but then really really fast they were saying that it was an incident at home no details no police report no so, witnesses no witnesses yeah so i'm i'm a little confused and i'm wondering which part is true because if it was at something like cc's party you'd think that there would be even more witnesses than that the weird thing about the timing, too, though, is so this allegedly happened between Monday and Tuesday. He pitched Wednesday. That was his last game. He was placed on leave on Thursday. The Yankees clinched on Thursday. Um, so I guess they didn't do well with him on Wednesday. But be- because of the joint policy that they have on domestic violence between Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball Players Association, they can put them on this sort of temporary leave for up to seven days without really saying much. Is that right? I believe the admit this is called administrative leave. Mm-hmm. And I bet this is the I think this is the period of time in which the league does their investigation. Right. So it's like it's not a punishment punishment. It's like you were just, you know, you can't play right now. You can't be with the team right now while we figure out what's happening. And then more formal consequences will happen if they find anything. Yeah, which is super interesting now that they're saying that maybe he's out for the season. And we know the Yankees are going to the postseason. So what is happening, especially without police involvement, is the weird thing. And the other weird thing is how much did the Yankees know and when? So now they're saying that maybe from the league, somebody from the league knew before Wednesday or Thursday, but the Yankees didn't. But then there's other reports that that are saying that Boone acknowledges of hearing whispers, whatever the fuck that means. Rumor mill. It means rumor mill. And no one told him anything official. Mm-hmm. That's I'm sure that's right. what they, that's, that's his code word for. Yeah, there was a buzz in the air about this. Everyone was talking about it, but there wasn't an official communication saying, you got to sit this guy. 
which sounds pretty problematic. You know, like I would think that any mention of alleged abuse should be taken incredibly seriously right away. And that is what Boone came around and said at the end. He did say, we need to set baseball aside. This is a bigger issue. So he is acknowledging the severity of it. But is he? I don't know what happened behind the scenes. We re- it would be really nice to know. One thing that uh, we can take some, uh, what's the word? I Some confidence in actually is that recently Major League Baseball has shown that they're serious about investigating and mm-hmm. punishing abusers, even if there is no criminal case. Remember Herrera, you know, that whole thing right. that got dropped as far as the police, you know, the, the there, there was no, there were no criminal charges after a time, but there were still consequences um, inflicted by Major League Baseball. So we can be hopeful that if there is something there, mm-hmm. even if there's not police involvement, that the league will take some action. And that does seem more common than not that there doesn't yeah. end up being police charges, but there is an MLB suspension. And apparently, there's no information about what his girlfriend has said. And it, I, I'm also confused about the girlfriend versus wife status because apparently he. He posted a photo of the two of them at the party Monday night that said, my wife, I love her. And there's references to her as his wife, but I think it's sort of like a common law wife kind of thing. They have two kids together, but everything else is referred to her as a girlfriend, but no news from her. Interesting. Yeah. Well, stay tuned. There will be more. There's always more. Yeah, there are more assholes, unfortunately. So the other one that I'm not, I I don't know how much we're going to end up (laughs) going on about Felipe Vasquez. You thought we were mad a minute ago. Just wait. Yeah. And we, and we talked about, I defended this guy last week. I defended him because he was the one that the other pitcher from the Pirates, Crick, punched in the face because of the musical Because of music choices. There is no excuse for punching somebody. Well, there's very little excuse for punching somebody over musical choices. That's all the information we had. At the time, right. So now maybe, maybe he knew something that we didn't know because apparently Velasquez has been doing really sleazy stuff for a long time. Wait, Vasquez, Vasquez, I've got to pronounce that correctly. Felipe Vasquez has been doing shitty stuff for a long time, at least since 2017 when this girl was 13 years old. Good God. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So um, alleged relationship. Apparently, there's a lot of text, both video and word evidence of this relationship. The first charges were dealing with computer pornography, solicitation of a child, which sounds really shitty, providing obscene material to minors. But now, apparently, he's going to be facing felony statutory rape charges as well because of some alleged encounter at that time. And it appears that it's the same girl that still having some sort of relationship with now at age 15. So two years this has been going on. It's just bizarre. Like, I don't understand how this can happen. Well, and this this came to be reported because her mother found texts, including graphic images sent by Felipe Vasquez, who um, I am sorry to say used to pitch for the Nationals under the name, is it Romero? I think it was Felipe. I yeah, he changed his name um, not too long ago, but we used to call him Everyday Felipe because we could really count on him. And now I'm really grossed out by this whole thing, and I'm horrified. Yeah, and maybe he will be changing his name again if he wants to go anywhere. God. So he's on leave. Investigations continue. Uh, and and now he's going to be on the never going to be an NCIB boyfriend list. Oh, yeah. Well, he may never be a baseball player to, again yeah. if, if this is now at the statutory rape level. Wow. Let's go back to playing baseball. I, that's so much better. It is Thank you. so I much better. It. 
We are in the last week of the regular season where things are heating up like crazy. A lot of divisions have been figured out. We've got we've got the the champ for a bunch of divisions, except for the two central divisions. Interestingly, those are both still in play. On the American League side of things, uh, Cleveland is behind the Twins by four games, so that's probably out of reach, but numerically it is not. It's mm-hmm. just, well, hell. And um, for those of you playing at home, I seem to be responsible for the five-game winning streak that Cleveland was on because I reached into the back of my cupboard and I drank coffee out of my Cleveland mug, which is way too small. And, but it worked. But it worked. It so, totally worked. Well, until it didn't. So oh. after five games, they lost. Now I'm back to my giant mug for coffee. So sorry. But Cleveland is within three games of Oakland. So Oakland has the first wild card space right now. Tampa is in second and then Cleveland. They are all within three games of each other. Really anything can happen. I believe Oakland is locked because they are totally on an upswing. Tampa, I just really want to see them go down because I would like Cleveland to make the playoffs, please. I I will join you in that because a couple of reasons. Tampa is American League East, and I am tired. I mean, even though it's usually been the Red Sox and the Yankees, there's often an AL East wildcard slot. So spreading the love a little bit, it would be nice to have it to go to Cleveland and Oakland. And I had fun in Cleveland. Sure you do. Those were good people. Cleveland rocks. You guys right? are great. You sure, they, they put fans. on a good show. They put on a good all-star game. Yeah. So let's talk about the National League for just a second. Right now, the Cards are leading. The Brewers, without Yelly, are also on a tear. They've it's been weird. doing, yeah, they're they're doing the the, the win it for Yelly thing. They're only three back from the Cardinals, which means they're only one back from the Nationals for the top wild card spot. Oops. So right now it's Nationals, one game behind Brewers, and then three behind three games behind them are the Cubs. So the Cubs are less likely, but still absolutely possible. I, the one thing that's happened is I don't think we're going to have any of those crazy three or four way ties that we were okay. alluding to before when everyone's like, oh, my God, this is such a tight race. I think people are I think teams are on a path. The Cubs have been kind of on a downswing. The Brewers are definitely on an upswing and the Nats are going up and down and up and down. So I think it's going to shake out without extra games, but it's pretty exciting to watch. Well, and since we are here in Nats country and we have already put in for our tickets for that wild card game, I really want to see the Nats get it. I want to go to a wild card game. I do too, man. I do too. Staying on the Cleveland theme here for me, anyway, we're going to cross-train. We're going to cross-train with football. I watched the Monday night game last week when Cleveland played, and I saw for the first time the Cleveland punter, whose name is Jamie Gillen. He is a rookie punter. His nickname is the Scottish Hammer. Nice. I texted Potty Mouth so quickly Oh yeah. because, number one, his hair. Oh boy, the man has flow. Yeah, outside of the color, there's definitely like a Thor resemblance there. Like well, the, the he's, way he's the a blonde. Tra- he's a blonde. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, Close. he's definitely a blonde. Yeah. So he, he's got that whole thing going. Um. Yeah. He's got the Scottish thing going. So he, so come for the hair, stay for his kicking ability because he is an amazing punter. So he grew up in Scotland. So he was a rugby fan. Played a little rugby. His dad had to move to. Southern Maryland from Scotland for work. Hey, that's our backyard. Now he's practically a local boy, right? So he moved Mm -hmm. here in high school, watched American football, you know, his high school team, and said that, number one, the game is boring, and number two, I can kick way better than this guy. (laughs) So he tried out for the team. 
clearly made the team. And that coach, his high school coach, nicknamed him the Scottish Hammer, which he kind of hated at the time. But I think now it's trademarked and on T-shirts that you too can buy. Here are some reasons why I think that he should be um, team no crying in baseball. For darn sure. One is when he was going to, when he wanted to go to college, right? He was sort of like trying to navigate his way around. A college called Arkansas Pine Bluff advertised on Facebook, I kid you not, for a punter for their college football team. One of Jamie's friends posted as a comment to that ad a highlight reel of Jamie's punts in high school. And while he was out partying with his friends, I am not going to talk about how old he was this time because that's not mentioned. Read high school. He was drinking heavily with his buds, got a phone call from a coach at Arkansas Pine Bluff offering him a full ride. Based on a Facebook comment. Well, yeah, the video. I mean, it was the video. And so he put his hand over the phone and to his friends and said, hey, should I do this? And they're like, well, yeah. So he says, sure, and hangs up. And the next morning he's hungover and he's like, wait, what? What, so he made the deal while he was while not he was drunk completely. <clears throat> while yeah, he, gotcha. No, flat out drunk. Flat gotcha. out drunk. Okay. So he's gonna, you know, he's gonna commit. So he gets on the plane to go to Arkansas and realizes he doesn't know anything about Arkansas. He doesn't know anything about the school. He doesn't know where Arkansas is, right? He just got here from Scotland not too long ago. And zero homework before getting on an airplane. Well, okay. So he's <laughs> a big dumb guy, but he's <laughs> hilarious and sweet and a hell of a You said that in the in the most endearing way. He's very endearing. Yeah. He's totally and the hair okay. So yeah. so on the airplane, he starts Googling Arkansas <laughs> to on figure out where he's going into the Deep South and then sees the letters HBCU next to the college name and has no idea. That means historically black college. Thinks it's like the name of his scholarship or something. Oh, that's adorable. And this like exceedingly tall, long-tressed, blonde kicker from Scotland is now the punter for the football team of this historically black college. Apparently had a great time. Everybody loved him because he's just a hell of a guy. So fast forward to when he tries out for the Cleveland Browns. He did not get drafted by the Browns, but they signed him to, you know, come to come to try out. So when the Browns are going to announce their roster, where is he? In a bar in Cleveland with his dad and a bunch of his friends. He gets the call while in the bar. So this is two times he gets his call up while in drunk. bars while drunk. And he announces to, you know, people in the bar the Browns just, you know, picked me up. I'm, you know, I made the roster. I'm going to buy everybody around and nobody let him buy the rounds because they all wanted to buy him drinks. Oh, wow. But that's way too many drinks, I'm sure. That's a lot but- of drinks. But now, um, just so you know, he's also an excellent player. He leads the NFL with eight punts that are that held the opposing team inside the 20-yard line. So he's a great punter. He's got good flow. He's I've been known to wear a kilt, which I can go either way That would with. be great while punting. punting oh, my God. That would be so good. <laughs> that would be more of an outfit than a uniform, yeah. for darn sure. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to cross-train a little bit with football um, and grooming, I would recommend Scottish Hammer, Jamie Gillen, rookie of the Cleveland Browns. And, and the punting is really the best part of football. That part, I, nobody's going to get too hurt. We'll go with that. Yeah. We'll go with that. So just so you know, I, I'm all Cleveland today because Cleveland baseball is the Sunday night game on ESPN. Cleveland football is Sunday night football tonight at the same freaking time. Oh, wow. Bad planning. Come on, leagues. Talk to each other. You need to just dual screen or something. Well, we'll go see more baseball this week. After that, 
your Cleveland team comes to Nats Park. I am so worked up about this because as you heard me mention a little while ago, Cleveland is in a wild card race. The Nationals are in a wild card race. These three games matter. So my brother who lives in Cleveland is coming to visit. We're going to all three games. And I thought by now things would have sussed out so I could root for my my hometown team if the Nats already had it locked up or I could root for the Nats if Cleveland had it locked up. Neither of them has it locked up. I'm going to be a freaking mess. Or you could just look at it as a win-win situation. No matter who wins, you can celebrate. That's it. I'll be wearing Cleveland t-shirts and Nats caps and cheering for everybody. Yeah, that's it. Okay, problem solved. Okay. So Cleveland wins, you hang out with your brother and buy him a drink. Nats wins, get a drink with me. Something like that. Yeah, Yeah. we'll we'll work that out later. We'll, We'll figure it out. Meanwhile, our fantasy baseball boyfriend league that we have made our teams out of these boyfriends is plugging along, and I thought I was being strategic last week, and I finally switched up my lineup. You were so responsible. I was so responsible. It made no fucking difference. I think it's just too late in the season. I just woke a little too late. Wow. And there's only one week left for this, too. Ooh. Yeah. And the number one guy would be that cute guy who lives upstairs, The Leftovers, He's back in number one. He was down last week, I think, by a teeny bit when we reported. Now he's up by a lot. Now he's looking pretty sold, solid, solid for the gold place. And El Wombo is in silver and you are in bronze. And each one of you, I mean, you're going to be up there. So I don't know if there's time to move those three places there's around. There's nothing left to do as far as roster changes as of today. This oh. is it. This is the roster till the end of the regular season. Huh. huh. All right. We'll see what happens. Yes, we will. If you're not going to five baseball games this week like I am, oh my God, five baseball games in seven days. I'm tired already. Feel free to check out our back episodes and get caught up. Tell your friends about No Crying in Baseball if you think they'd enjoy these conversations. Find us on social media. Patty Math, you want to help me with social media? All right. We are NCIB Podcast on Twitter and No Crying in B-Ball on both Facebook and Instagram. If you have time to leave us a rating or a review wherever you get this podcast, we would appreciate it. And until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. 